Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, villains, and welcome to a further love of Pomegranate Podcast. And we're here with a late review, and a late preview as well, I suppose, really, if the truth was known as well, because the game is on tomorrow. So we're late on both counts, but we're still here. We're still here. We said we'd come and we chat to you about it and see um, what we think, I suppose, mostly what we think of tomorrow, but we do, we would be remiss not to reflect on on last Sunday's game um, because, you know, of, of what it was. Because you have to. <laughs> exactly because we have to we don't want to just be talking about the fair weather stuff at all and there hasn't been a lot of fair weather stuff um i suppose more recently but uh, and i suppose really the, the, the greater implications that because we lost last uh last weekend and what that has on this coming weekend because like realistically speaking you know it's like we're going to talk about the fact that Dean Smith's under pressure, you know, just because we've said that Dean Smith, yeah. Dean, Dean Smith, that we, we don't want him to go. It doesn't mean that we're not stupid and say that we're going to just be bullish and say that he's not going to go. He, he, he will be sacked if, if, if results don't, 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 uh, don't put up and that's okay too. Um, and we Ooh. will talk about that a small bit, but I suppose firstly, guys, firstly for everybody out there, thanks so much. If you could just hit the, our thumbs up on this stream it would be great it really help us a lot it get the algorithm to think of us and, and and to try and find us and maybe people might be able to understand what, what our irish accents are saying and maybe they won't but at least they they might be able to laugh at us if if, uh, if they find us um well first of all paddy i suppose what we'll do is we'll talk about west ham game because i don't want to go into it too yeah. much I, I sat down with dan bardell in the villa view and, and and i went through a good bit of it and i suppose what my raw feelings were um, on it, uh, but I'd be interested to know what your thoughts were on it, your unopposed thoughts, because I'm going to sit back and I'm going to listen uh, to your to your wise words on it. But what 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 was your view on it? Like we met for the team sheet tantrum, and uh, well, so, for, first of all, Neil, a couple of things. There's more important things than a game of football, and I'd just like to say best wishes to Kieran Dyer and Sergio Aguero, who are going through a horrible battle for the next few months. So. We just pref- just let that sink in when we when we think about how animated we might get over the next few days or whatever might happen. Mm. That uh, you know, we've got Kieran Dyer, who's a young man there facing a liver transplant, and Sergio yeah. Aguero with a problem with his heart. So it's you know, it's scary stuff when when you when you real well for me, they're younger than me. I, I don't know whether Kieran Dyer is younger than you. Probably not, but uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a lot younger than me. Is he? No, he's not. Sorry, he's not. He's not. He's not. Sorry, he's a lot older than me. Sorry, I'm a lot younger right. than Kieran Dar. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, I think it, it kind of got lost in all the news this week. So, um, they be in my thoughts this week, and uh, also the good news, Neil. Uh, seen as uh, we didn't announce it at the weekend, 
yeah. is that you became a dad this weekend. I did, yeah, and I do apologise in case uh, in case somebody just kicks up the door and hands me a child in the middle of this podcast and goes, Nappy needs changing. <laughs> the changing table is just over here, so uh, I'll just move the, the camera if anybody, just in case you see me go off camera, should I say, that's where I'll be. Uh, but yeah, I did. Fantastic stuff. I actually watched the West Ham game in the hospital, so I, 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 came, home, I came home from the hospital to... Do the team sheet tantrum on no sleep since the Wednesday beforehand. Uh, as, as you can imagine, that's where my rantish, making no nonsense, sweary kind of <laughs> monologue did. Uh, so Paddy was looking at Paddy, text me in the middle of while, I, while we were doing the podcast, text me and goes, uh, Can I come in and talk at any stage there? <laughs> I was just off on a massive rant. Uh, so yeah, I just came back from that and then I went back into the hospital and um, uh, just to, to, uh, to do some feeds and stuff like that. But absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, this, to, there, there's very few people. There's very few people in this world that are as happy as me right now. I can guarantee you that. Exactly, <laughs> and look, that that that's a good news story. After talking about two guys who are heading into a rough battle, and you know, yeah. for for James who messaged me today and said, "I hope Neil let you speak tonight." Uh, I think I think James knows now. I said to him when the podcast starts, you'll understand why Neil was so wound up at the weekend. So, uh, congratulations, anyway, Neil. Thanks very much. Thank you. Talk to so, me about West Ham. Balance it out. Okay. Well, I, I, I actually, you know, in hindsight, afterwards, I don't have as much of a rant to go on here. I have a number of things within the game I'd like to talk about. Uh, the goals, the send-ins off, the team selection, which we spoke about on, on Sunday, obviously. Um, the most The most important thing for me is until the sending off, um, I thought we limited West Ham to long-range shots. But in typical Villa style, fucking two of them go in. But look, that's that's life. Um, with the exception of the two blocks that Maddie Cash made, I thought I thought they didn't look like they were going to break us down at any stage. But that's all well and good when two scuppers. <laughs> well, the first one I thought was a partic- was particularly hit well, but the the second one just bobble along the ground and in that that broke my heart. And uh, you know you you've got a you got a feel for Emmy Martinez because he he went through a rough week last week had to travel back and forth to Argentina, that's taken its toll on him at this stage. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I really wish we weren't looking at another international break where he's got to fly out again on Saturday. Um, albeit I think he gets back a little bit earlier from this one. I think they play Brazil on the Tuesday, uh, which means yeah. we might have him back on on the Thursday. But uh, I've no doubt in my mind that that's affecting him and that's not having a go at Emmy Martinez because I think the journey that he made last week was more important than any of the international games that he played because, you know, as we just discussed, family is everything and, you know, when, when, you've, uh, when, when, when you've got someone on the other side of the world who's sick, um, you know, I think it says a lot for our club to let him go and do that, but yeah, it's obviously not ideal. So, um. For that reason, I'm not I'm not calling out Emmy Martinez, but he should have done better with, with both strikes, I felt. Uh, Bailey probably should have done better with the fourth one. Target was torn too easy for the fourth one. But as I said, from the lineup, I thought we did okay. Um, I thought they struggled to, to break us down at times, but obviously the, the change in point of the game was the sending off. Um, I thought he sent off the wrong player. I thought Courtney House should have went. I don't. I, I really thought they were over going to overturn the one they did give and give the other one, but no, that's just stubbornness in in, in my point of view. Because uh, if if they thought that was a sending off, they should have sent both of them off because they were both technically by by what they're saying they were both red card offences. Mm. Um. Yeah. I, I think the Courtney House one looks worse when it's slowed down. I think there's nothing they could do. My my criticism of Courtney House was. That when Fornals miscontrolled it the first time, that's when he should have tackled. And when he tackles, then I think he gets the ball. And, and if he goes, he can go to ground. Whereas when mm. Fornals actually miscontrols it the first time, then gets a touch and it and miscontrols it again the second time, the two of them are a lot closer. So Courtney Howes can't go to ground because if Fornals can get an actual touch on it, he's gone past him. So he has to keep he, he has to keep up right when he makes that tackle. It becomes a big man, small man tackle. And the way he yeah. went in, he went 
and he had to protect himself because they were so close. But like he was mm. always coming out winner in that situation. Caught him up a small bit high, yes, with the forearm. Too high. The yeah. But I, th- I, yeah. I think it was big. It, like, if it, the way I always look at it is, you know, if, if it's against us, would you be pissed off? Yeah, I'd be pissed off if, uh, if, if that was Declan Rice lifting his arm like that. I'd be pissed off he wasn't sent off. Um, if if we, they had been sent off for the Esri Conza one, I would have said we got a bit of luck there because that's the way yeah. I felt about it. Um, and you know, there's, there's a few sliding doors moments. Those two goals. What what can you? Do? I, I don't know what you can say about them. You know, Dean Smith was just flabbergasted about them. Um, we score. Ollie Watkins forces a magnificent save onto the crossbar shortly after that. Then we're looking at two all. We're down to 10 men. We parked the bus. We'll just never know. I've no opinion on the final two goals because we were right to go and look to try and get a point out of it. So you may as well lose 4-1 or lose 2-1. And that and that's always been my point of view in, in that, that stage of the game. So um, Plus there was tired legs there at that stage, having played most of the second yeah. half with 10 men. So absolutely fine with the, with the last two goals. They, they started the canvas open then as we went to, to try and salvage something. The 4-1 results... Like that, it's like the game, the game was the game was over after Ollie Watkins hit the post, and we couldn't bring it back to two all. Game was over then because we had our yeah. purple patch. We didn't do anything. Uh, West Ham had our purple patch to start the game. Those two goals that you mentioned with Johnson banging one in, and then the Declan Rice putting, you know, getting a goal as well. They had a combined xG of zero point zero six, so it's six percent chance of. So Declan Rice had a two percent chance of that going in. Uh, ben Johnson's had a four oh, percent chance of going in. Yeah. They were they were like. You could take a hundred shots from those areas and it won't go. And that's not to say that there's that's an that's an excuse. It's not. But what it is is it's fact. That's all it is. Um, that they were they were very difficult uh, chances and they went in against us. And that's what happens when you're when your luck is down. I think one of them should at least be saved. We hit the crossbar then from the Ollie Watkins. McGinn had a chance. We could have been three two up. Yeah. Look, granted, mm. I know that West Ham had other chances as well. But with ten men, we rallied for ten minutes. Um, but ran out of steam and lost four one, and that's the once again I talk about facts there about XG. Facts are we lost four one, and mm. you know, I suppose look if Dean Smith brings on Carney, I, I said this in the Villa View. If Dean Smith brings on Carney Chukmueka instead of Ashley Young, there's nothing to give out to Dean Smith about about that game. Well, sorry, the Mings, the Mings piece you could potentially do it, but you know. Yeah. Was was the fact Mings didn't start an issue while we were two one down? I don't think so. Um, don't think so. No. If you, no. if, and I've absolutely, if any, I've if absolutely it, no, I've no problem. We've we've called out Mings in the past for his mistakes. Mm. We don't know what's going on in the training ground or in the dressing room before the game. Whether something is it, it, he feels is not right with with uh, with the attitude or 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 the work rate of Tyrone Mings. So he's yeah. perfectly entitled to leave him out if he's going to leave him out. I did have a particular issue with the substitution. I was scratching yeah. my head, um, but he's he's damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. If if Carney comes on and has an absolute stinker, you know he's see the worst in the world. But playing yeah, playing and, and, a player out out of out of position just because he's seen as an experienced leader on the pitch yeah. is probably not the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I was saying there. If Carney comes on, we lose four one. Carney gets on the ball and maybe shows something. It's the smarter mm. choice for a manager that's under pressure. You know, if that yeah. makes sense, it's the smarter choice because what it is is it's like it's like if you're on a yellow card and you give the ref an opportunity to give you a second yellow card and you get sent off. Well, you can't really blame anyone else other than yourself. You know, you knew yeah. you were on the other card. Whereas, you know, with Dean Smith here, he had an opportunity to bring on Carney Chuck Mueka. Maybe and and look, he didn't make that decision on his own. He's got four people in the dugout with him. Um, and you often see that that there's a conflab for for substitutions. Mm. That's nothing new. That's nothing. The only new. thing, the only thing I will, the the thing I will say in in yeah. Dean Smith's defence with that substitution is, Kearney has been in and out of squad the last few weeks, so we don't know whether there's an mm. issue with fitness or he played twenty twenty threes on Thursday as well, didn't he? Was it Thursday? Yeah. They played twenty threes. Was it Thursday? Maybe. Um, week anyway. Jeepers, yeah, it might it might have been a bit too close, and that and I got the impression that that twenty threes game was to give him game time to get him back up to match fitness. So, with an injury that early in the game, maybe he felt that he wasn't up to to putting in eighty minutes. And likely he probably wouldn't have been, even been in the match this squad if Ings and um, 
and and Douglas Louise and Louise, had been fit, yeah. you, you probably would have thought that. Well, maybe maybe one of himself or Aaron Ramsey. Probably he would have been actually. That's probably unfair to say. He probably would have been Aaron Ramsey. Maybe wouldn't have been, and then maybe yeah. Keenan Davis wouldn't have been as well because we would have had Ings on the bench with Cameron Archer and. Uh, um, and yep. such. So look, there's, there's there's a lot to troll over in the West Ham game. You know, the more we talk about that, the more we more angry we get, and the less uh, the less we'll be able to look forward to this Southampton game, a game uh, which is coming up tomorrow night, a game which I think that you know everybody have always said it's the games are must not lose games. I thought the West Ham game was a must not lose game. I said it. Um, I think this is a must win game um, against Southampton. Um, I think Southampton are a very very interesting uh, an interesting study. For a team, a team like us, I think they're a very interesting study. And I'm going before we go on to talk to Southampton. I'm going to get some comments there in a moment because um, uh, uh, there are some comments here. And look, it's 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 heavily, you know, Smith related. And I want to talk about some of them, and that's fine too. You know, I I yeah. like as I say, if Smith if Smith, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like I'm, I. It's not that we want to be right about stuff. We're just trying to find context in it. And that's what you said before. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, you know, okay to say Smith out at the moment because of the run of run of uh, former on. I'm still okay with him staying our staying with, staying as our manager and turning it around, you know. And I think that he can turn it around. And um, we've lost, we've lost. What is it? Four in a row. Five in a row. Four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Um. You know. And. People talk about his record since the start of the year, but there are extenuating circumstances for a lot of that. And as I say, we've spoken about it before, but I just want nothing more for him to try and turn it around. And if he can't and he gets sacked and we bring in a great manager, so be it. That's fine. I just want Aston Villa to win. And same with everybody else. Everybody just wants Aston Villa to win. So yeah. whoever's the manager, yeah. whoever's the manager, we'll, we'll, we'll cheer them on regardless, as long as it's not Remy Gard, the second coming of Remy Gard. I think that's that. That's what we'll say. Um, give, give me two seconds there, Paddy. I, I, actually, I was I was going to say something there, and I completely went off on a tangent again. Can't remember what I was going to say. Um, I'm sure it'll come back at some stage before <laughs> we get answer. Oh, the Southampton and Villa being a good a good um, case study. Southampton are a good case study for where Villa are now, because Southampton have... They... they um, Brought Ralph, Ralph Hasselhutl on board, good tactical manager, manager that had done really well with Leipzig, and uh, they brought him on board. They've given him time. He's lost like he, they shipped nine goals, I think, in a game before. They shipped some big, big, big losses. They were looking like they were pushing up the table. They've now come back, and the board have stuck with him because of his philosophy and stuff like that. It's it's just a good case study that you know maybe sometimes trying to build with a manager can be good. Um, and you know it's not always a case for you to sack the manager and get in Eddie Howe like Newcastle did, and, and Newcastle have, literally have all the money in the world, and they can't attract, yeah. they couldn't attract a good manager. So um, and look, that's and just look the, how easy that's the how easy it would have been. They they lost the game nine nil. How easy would it have been to dismiss him after that, and nobody would have bad an eyelid, but they stuck with him. And and that's not to say Aston Villa should do this. If, if the Aston Villa board see fit to 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 release Dean Smith of his of his duties, they better have the right man in place because, and it better be the right man in place because yeah. you know, like there's there's some wild you know, names the, out there. Some wild when you, names when, out there. When you look at um, when you look at Newcastle and you're talking about the money they have, yet they struggle to attract the manager. You know, we've already seen. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know Uno, yeah, I don't know whether Uno. I don't know whether Uno Emery was their number one choice. But just remember that if we if we get sucked into this, it's going to be very hard to attract a big-name manager to come and, and, and fight a relegation battle for us. Yeah. So yeah. the most important thing is we get that's points a, that's on the a good board. Point. Yeah, it's a good point. Most important thing. I think one of, the line, one of the guys made one of the guys made that point. I think in the comments in a moment we'll get to it. I think it might actually be this very man oh. that I'm going to I'm going to put up on the screen here. Uh, Tim Sherwood won more games in his 28 game spell as manager, and Dean Smith has won his last 28 games. Let let that sink in. <laughs> I, I think if we look at the caliber of uh, caliber of teams that both of those teams, both of those managers faced in, in that period of time, I think if you were to go down through it, and actually give me two seconds there. So Sherwood sixteen. You are looking at where are we? So he lost to he beat Leicester in the FA Cup, beat West Brom twice, once in the FA Cup, beat Sunderland, beat Liverpool in the FA Cup, that really famous game, beat Everton, beat uh, Everton who were comfortably comfortably mid table at that stage, beat West Ham, beat Bournemouth, beat Birmingham and Nats County in the Carabao Cup. So they were the teams he beat. He lost to Stoke, 
Newcastle, Swansea, United, City. Last six one to Southampton. Um, who was managing Southampton then? Would it have been Cooman? Was it Cooman that was managing them at that stage? No idea. Remember. Six uh, back then. Burnley, United, Palace, Leicester, West Brom, Liverpool, Stoke, Chelsea, and Swansea. Last of all those teams. So look, I, 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 I completely understand. Like no one, and I know no one's saying that we want Tim Sherwood back. I think no one's saying that we want Tim Sherwood back. But it's an interesting one that we're we're on a we're on a sticky wicket for a while. You know, and I think that it's yeah. it, I think that's what you what, what you're trying to say here. And and, and look, it's a, it's 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 a valid point that Sherwood won ten won ten of his twenty eight games and Smith hasn't won twenty eight ten of his uh, last twenty eight games. So it is something to look at for sure. Um Ad says he's nervous about tomorrow. I don't know, am I nervous about tomorrow? I'm actually excited about it. I'm excited because I'm excited because I, I feel like we've just had a load of bad luck in the last two games, mm. and I feel that something has to change, and we might flip. I'm nervous tomorrow. about tomorrow, and the, and the reason I'm nervous about tomorrow is, um, like we, we had, many people will say it was bad luck at the weekend, having the player sent off when we were still in the game. Um, we, we capitulated against Wolves. We didn't turn up against Spurs. We were awful mm. against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. And there's been a few days now between West Ham and we, what are we, four or five days on? Uh, we can turn it around tomorrow. If we lose tomorrow, we've got two long weeks before we go out again. And that's going to be hard to deal with yeah. from every from every point of view, from a fan's yeah, point of yeah, view. Yeah. Players, players have to sit on that result for two weeks. Some of them go away on international duty. Some of them I wish they weren't going on international duty. I, didn't, I wish any of them were going on international duty. I'd love to see them get a couple of days off and then go hell for leather into into fitness training. Um, yeah. Because we, we've shown we've been poor in the last 10, 15 minutes of games. And that points to the fact that we might be short on fitness. So yeah. uh, to be traveling around the world at this stage of the season is a joke in a pandemic. We've said it so many times. And I don't want us to travel around the world off another defeat and wait until we've yeah. got to play Brighton, which is going to be a tough game in two weeks' time. So that's why mm. I'm nervous. The, the good news is we don't have to have an international break until March 2022 after this one. So, uh, yeah, because <laughs> the international breaks just have not been favourable to us. They have not been good to us no. um, so far. Owen says, uh, back to basics, we have to stop conceding goals we scored in every Premier League game. That isn't our problem. It's defending as a team. One million percent. Yeah, we need to stem yeah. the, blow, the flow here. And uh, when we talk about... The it depends on what your moment, definition of the basics I have are, too. You know, the people yeah. say back to basics, you get, get the defence right. If he, if he puts out five at the back tomorrow, people are going to lose their shit. He, he can't win, you know. If he puts out so, five at the back tomorrow and we win 3-0. Oh, yeah. But you, you'll you'll see in our team sheet tomorrow. It, you know. People will lose yeah. their shit if, if we five at the back. Mm. So he, he's he's on a hide into nothing here. So um, for me, I hope it's not a, f- a five at the back. So we'll we'll, we'll go for it. Pierre says he can't see where the next win or even point is coming from. To be honest, there's not an ounce of encouragement that I can take him from recent weeks. Not an ounce of encouragement in defense in in defense for sure. Um, and I think that's I think one piece of encouragement is the fact that Jacob Ramsey is fit and that his ankle wasn't wasn't badly done because uh, I genuinely think that he is going he we're going to need him we're going to need him over the next couple of weeks and you know it, it was a real awful one for him to get injured so early in the West Ham game after him pinging one in the top corner against Arsenal you know and uh, I find, I find no it really strange that he's a good guy. I find it really strange that he's fit again. Um, mm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be expecting like that. That looked like a nasty roll of the ankle. I, I just wouldn't expect him, unless he's just a machine of a man that recovers very quickly. Because yeah, like I, like I know when I was a young player, if you, if you, if you rolled your ankle like that, especially on the pitches we're used to here in Ireland, we wouldn't be seeing you back on the pitch for another couple of weeks. So mm. to be, to be back training three days later, I think that's phenomenal. What is it? The wonders of Novocaine. Can be a great, great thing, is it? What's that injection that they give you? That Tony Adams lived on, um, <laughs> to get through his career. Um, yeah. not sure you put that into a strained ligament and an ankle. Maybe, maybe I it just wasn't well, as bad as it seemed. We we'll just we we'll yeah. never know. But and, maybe the and sweating never came and, that they were expecting. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Ex- I'm not. I'm not at the moment. I'm not expecting to see him in the starting lineup. But time may prove me wrong. 
Matthew makes a, a a point here as well, and I think that this this is a very salient point, and it's just something I one hundred percent agree with. If there's a part, mm. not exactly what well, the way it's written here, but if there's a performance tomorrow, even one even without a win, I'd feel better. It's lack of performances the last four games and over the last ten months that leaves me uncomfortable. Uh, split in, yeah, it's the lack yeah. of performance. I think you know people can stomach losing. But they cast them up losing in the way that we lost the Spurs, that we capitulated against Wolves, the way that Arsenal came out and blew us away. Yeah. I think Arsenal are going to blow a couple of more teams before the year before the year ends. Because I I, I yeah. really always believed that Arteta was a really good manager. And I've said it a couple of times in this podcast. Um, just needed to get things to tick for him. And uh, I think in fairness, I, I, I thought the performance was better against West Ham. I I, I was enthused mm. at the effort that was put in there. Um, bear in mind. You know, we were down to ten men. I thought I thought we were the better team when we were down to ten men. There was there was guys stepped up to the market and and we tried to put it up to them while we could. Um, I was enthused after it, even though we lost four one. You know, I think the the scoreline flattered them scoring the two late yeah. goals. But uh, yeah, I think a performance is important too tomorrow. JJ, yeah, and this is this is the the one I saw earlier. Do you not think it would be easier to attract a new manager when we're not in the relegation when we're not in relegation zone instead of waiting until we are? Look at Newcastle. Obviously, you're right. Obviously, you're right that it's easier to attract a top top manager. I just don't think there's a top top manager there, and I think that Newcastle found that out the hard way. Um, because as I said, they have all the money in the world. Literally, there is no club that can come within an ass's roar of them from a financial point of view, and. There was no one like the, the queue was short. The queue was short at the job line for Newcastle, and and you'd have to wonder why is it that you know do we want the manager that comes along with the stomach for the fight, uh, or do we want the manager that comes along who's looking for the table to be laid for the moment for them just to eat with with top players? Mm. Uh, and 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 there's 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 arguments to be made made both ways there. Myself and actually Paddy, this is an interesting one. Both of us actually we spoke about who would we take if we had to sign if we were given the blank check to go out there and try and get somebody who was gettable. Now we're not talking like we're going to go and we're going to rock up and pay Liverpool 100 million for Jurgen Klopp or anything like that, and, and even that mightn't even work out. But we were talking about it. Who is it you said again, Paddy? That you you think would be gettable for Villa and that you would take in the door? Um, at the time it was Conte. That was that was the only one that, that did, I could. Did, uh... did you really think he was gettable? Uh, yeah, I, I did. Because yeah. I, I, do. I don't know, I don't know where I stand on yeah. him. I don't know where I'm I stand. Look, on, I, I, on, I, I, I could be completely, completely del- delusional. You know, we're looking at the situation with. Uh, with Newcastle, I, I'm just going to read this out to you because I think it's relevant. Um, I was chatting with Cole Petham from the whole cast. Yes, it's, good man. it's a couple of weeks ago now. And I, I I sent him a message that was sent to me by a former Newcastle player when we were talking about attracting players and attracting managers. Uh, former Ireland international, you can work it out for yourself afterwards. Uh, what he said was, no matter what money they have, History will tell you it's a disastrous club that struggle to attract people and keep real talent. That won't change. It's a horrible place to get to, and every away match is a trick. That was his exact words, a former Newcastle player. But he, the, the conversation went on, and he was of a similar opinion with, with Aston Villa being kind of marooned in the Midlands there, and it, it wasn't... It was neither the heady heights of London where people could go and party and have fun. But I think those days are gone now. I think those days are gone. I think they are. And I, th- I think with the H- mm. what's it, HS1 or HS2, the new train, if that ever gets built, I mm. think Birmingham is real, it could become a real yeah. cosmopolitan metropolis then at that stage. Not that it yeah. isn't at the moment. We're not trying to, you know, we're, we're here to make friends. We're not saying anything bad about it. I actually really <laughs> like Birmingham. Like going out in Birmingham, all that kind of stuff. There's, oh, yeah. And look, Birmingham is a completely different, it's a completely different city, city to the city yeah. I used to go and watch Villa in in the 90s where it was dark and dank and, you know, there was no bull ring. Well, there was a bull ring, but it was a, <laughs> it was a, a fruit market, yeah. I think, when I used to go. Mm. Um, so the, you know Birmingham, you can barely get a hotel in it now. It, it's a, yeah. a hotel room, I should say. It's um, mm. it's a great city to go out and, and have fun in. There's, so there's a lot more going for it. There's Paddy looking for, for looking for a coach. If anybody is uh, is looking to put up an Irishman, and <laughs> uh, next time he's over in Birmingham, oh, you can barely get a hotel room. No, no, no. Anybody have a coach? I could sleep on there for a while. Um, anyway, getting back there, you mentioned uh, you mentioned about Conte. Um, 
because I was I was putting together a list, and I suppose you you've got you've got three types of managers I think that you could go for, and, and I think that all mm. three of these well actually to be honest with you the one that people will have heard of less I think at least should I say I think is the least gettable, ironically yeah. enough of all of them. Um, I think gave these, these are the three we've discussed on text, isn't it? These are the three that we just discussed on text, and and I just came yeah. up with these like they literally were just at the top off the top of my head. I think AVB would be a gettable manager, but like I just don't know whether he would be successful at Aston Villa. Um, he's still only forty-four years of age. He's had a lot, like since since his Chelsea days, he's done well at Marseille, done well at Zenit. Um, you know, obviously we know what he did at Port at Porto. Um, he's a bit of a bit of a wandering eye with regards to his motorsport career and stuff like that as well. Is his head really in the game? But you know, he's a talented manager, and I think that he would raise the profile of Aston Villa if he came in. Could be in a horrendous appointment, who knows? But um, I think the other one then was uh, Roberto Martinez, and I think that that would really polarize people due to the fact that he can't defend. To, he seems can't defend to save their lives. But what I was thinking <laughs> was, at the moment, we can't defend to save our lives anyway. But if we were scoring four goals at the other end, wouldn't it be absolutely great? Um, but he's he's a manager that's obviously managed in the Premier League, whether he's, you know, his sauce, his sauce has gone too salty now at this stage and that it won't work if he comes back into club management is something else. They're two wild suggestions, but they're, least, they're less wild than Steven Gerrard, I think, really, mm. um, who, to be honest with you, I, I don't think he has proven himself to come and manage Aston Villa. He's a great big name and would be a great leader in the dressing room, you know, and would put people in their place and stuff like that. But, you know, he's had, he, he just hasn't had anywhere near the success. I wouldn't consider him a big name manager. And then the last one that I spoke of was uh, Ruben Amaran from uh, Sporting, Sport, Sporting Lisbon, who is the golden boy um, of, of European management at the moment took Sporting from a nowhere team, a team that were down their luck, the players were looking to get out. That's how Rui Patricio got to got to Wolves. And Amaran comes in and next thing wins the league in their first season there. And he plays some really good football. Fans might like the fact he plays he plays a 3-5-2 system, but um he <laughs> plays it well. And look, he's he's getting a tune in the Champions League out of players like uh, like Sebastian Quattas, who is at Liverpool. Um, yes, he does have the two sparkling young guys up front in, in Cancesau and Gonclaves that are, you know, young Portuguese superstars in the making. But um, he's, he's bring them tactically... With him. He's, He's t- yeah, bring it with him. His his team is beautiful <laughs> to watch. But anyway, that's all pie in the sky stuff there. And I I'm afraid to scroll down through the comments to see what people think of Martin as an AVB. No, but I, think not, like- I don't. I don't think it's that pie in the sky. You know, and and uh, like if you watch Sporting Lisbon, they might play they might play a three at the back, but they're absolutely amazing to watch. They play beautiful football, but that's going to take an overhaul as well. We're not going we're not going to get that straight away either. And I I was practicing his name. I can't remember how to pronounce it now. Oh, I hope Patrick. What is um, Keitel Knutsen from Bodo Glimt? <laughs> bring on, bring the whole Bodo Glimt team if they're going. If they're beating Roma, uh, they're drew with drew uh, Roma two two today and beat them six one last week. Um, and they've been on fire in the Norwegian league. But uh, I joke with I I kind of joke with that one, even though there are some great players on that team that will definitely do it in the Premier League, no problem whatsoever. But um, that's been very tangential going down the line of managers that could potentially come here. You know, I'm not mm. saying that any of them could be successful. Nobody knows if they would be successful. You know, but like the role, the manager, yeah. I think, who would jump at coming to an Aston Villa to Aston Villa. Um, Based on the structure that we have at the club, you know, we do have some high-profile players and things like that, and I think that we could have, yeah. we could attract somebody like that. And but I'd, I, I'd like to, I'd like to say before, before, before we go off topic, we're, we're rolling out names more, here. More and, off topic, more off topic. And, and people are, uh, people mention Terry Lampard, Gerard. I don't think a name like that is going to be good enough for us after this. If no. if if the if the big red button is pressed and we lose tomorrow night. And a new manager comes in. I'm not going to accept Terry Lampard or, or Gerard. Just not. Yeah. I just don't think that's that's big enough for our club. So it, it needs to be a bigger name. But I'm still in the trail of thought that I want Dean Smith to succeed. Yeah. I want them to turn this around, and I want them to be a success. That's a good shout there from from Shriek below. Lucian Favre, uh, mm. um, definitely good shout. Um, Peter Smith, this would be the absolute. I would be. I would do the po- I would. I will do the podcast. No, don't be making. Naked. Don't be making statements now. <laughs> I'll do the podcast naked for a week on a on a space hopper. 
if we get Eric Ten Hag. That's that's what I would do. He like he's destined for he's destined for massive things. Um, and I think Barcelona tried to actually snag him before Koeman, and he basically told him on their bike, you know, he wanted to stay with Ajax. Yeah. So, um, that's I, I always thought he, 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 uh, he had a little bit of lack of passion until last night when the British referees <laughs> made an absolute balls of VAR. Yeah. And it, they, they said the VAR check was over and then went back and gave the penalty. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, you know, we're talking about managers here. We're, we're talking about managers here, and I, I I think I just wanted to go back and say it. I, I would like nothing more than to be looking back at this and going, listen, Dean Smith is some fighter. He he fought back off the canvas in 2019. He fought back off the canvas when, uh, you, you know, um, at, at times last season, and if he fights back off the canvas again today, or again this season, and then we have a better second half of the season like we had a first, like we had in the first half of last season, and it goes completely topsy-turvy, then, uh, you know, I would love to see that happen because I'm a sucker for stability and we've never had it. Um, he's the second longest serving Aston Villa manager in my lifetime uh, and in a lot of people's lifetimes. And, and I just think that, I think, uh, look, it, it's, it's, it's a romantic kind of view of, of stability. Stability might not always be the best thing, but yeah. I would love to have a manager. That, I would love not to have to change our manager every two and a half, three years. Um, that's just, kind of, that, that does form it derails, it derails the long-term project in my yeah. view. Yeah. I, I would just prefer if he could just be a little bit more stable and, and keep the project going. Yeah, and Kieran says here, big, big, big game for, well, more bigs than just that, but I'll go with big, big game for us tomorrow. I'm behind Dean Smith till the owners decide the time is right to change that. However, I fear for us at Southampton. And I think that's the same. I think that's, that's, that that's, I haven't been able to articulate it in that sentence. Uh, I've probably come out with my aggressive Limerick accent uh, in fighting back against people and saying, no, you're all wrong and everything like that. But realistically, if my heart was to, if if my, if Kieran was to be my press officer and said what I felt and I was to talk to Kieran back, back, uh, behind closed doors, realistically, that's what it is. I'm behind Dean Smith until the owners decide the time is right to change that. And the reason I'm behind I'm behind him is because I do think there's mitigating circumstances to a lot of the to a lot of the hardship we've gone through in the end of last season and the start of this season. And I do think there's been something new that's been there's been a new flying ointment each year that he's been over Aston Villa. Is that an excuse? I'm not using it as an excuse, but I'm just saying that they are they are absolutely there. At the end of the day, we all want Aston Villa to win, and we never we don't want to see Aston Villa lose. So so that's um that's an important piece. Tyler O'Hanlon says Steve Clark. Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Um, no. Although he's doing a good job at Scotland, so uh, that isn't um, that that isn't. Uh, um, I, I see. I see. There's a couple of comments the there uh, about Atletico's manager Diego Simeone. I think that would be some crack, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy that looks exactly like Diego Simeone. Exactly like Diego Simeone before, and um, uh-huh. yeah, so there's a little piece for you. Though there was talks about Fonseca as well. Pete says Fonseca, at least he played Tiki Taki more modern style. Um, yeah, I fun look, Fonseca's name has been linked to literally every club that, that loses a manager. Fonseca's name, I just think he's an overactive agent. Um, and plus, he he did was wasn't it you who was telling me, Paddy, he had a tax issue in, in Italy that meant that. Spurs stopped, or that he couldn't come for Spurs, Spurs because Spurs. of yeah. something to do with the fact with his payoff from Roma and a tax issue, something along those lines. So yeah. there, there could be something behind behind the the scenes there, whether that's still in play or not. Um, but you know, Fonseca, he's got uh, he's a very beautiful man, um, and the touchline, <laughs> and not the Dean Smith. Dean Smith is, I'm sure, is a beautiful man as well. But uh, um, I think with the Fonseca thing, I'd like to, I'd like to know more about the situation as to why he's been linked everywhere. But everybody is overlooking him. He's out there at the yeah. moment. Newcastle went with Eddie Howe. You know, I, I just think that that for for Fonseca, I would rule that under agent talk for the moment, but not beyond the realms of possibility. Nico Kovac, now there's a good call. He's a good call. He'd take no shit. But then again, he's a bit he's a bit of a dour defensive manager at times, and that's why he wasn't liked at, at Bayern Munich. But um who's he with at the moment, actually? Kovac. Good question. Pop it in the comments if anyone can remember who he's with. I was only actually uh I was only... anyway, that's gonna annoy me. Um Paddy, 
what a segue that was there, or what a what a tangent that was there, but that's what we're here for. <laughs> Southampton game, talk to me about it. Were, you mentioned you were worried about it and you said something about it, but that was ages ago and I can't remember what you said to me. Um, yeah, but the main you, reason I'm the main reason I'm worried is is you know the two weeks after we're not having not having any any chance to reply from it. I think you know to lose five in a row would probably be the cries would be huge to, to press the big red button and get rid of this manager. But it, it it's not going to be an easy game for us, and that's we know that because they've destroyed us many times over the years mm-hmm. uh, as you said there was even a 6-1 in there under uh, Tim Sherwood um, they destroyed us last year at home, 3-0 down at half time that's correct, one saving grace is that we don't have to deal with Danny Hings because he seems to always have a, a great game against us but he's not going to have a great game for us either because he's out tomorrow as we know yeah. um, so we're missing Ings, we're missing Luis um, and we're missing there was one more wasn't there, obviously Esri Conza is suspended uh, and they've got a, they've got a oh Bertrand Triori, yeah. They've got a clean bill of health. They they've got a full squad to to choose from, apart from Stevens, who's out in a, a long term injury, I believe. Mm. So uh yeah, um there's a lot to worry about with, with this Southampton team. Uh Elianusi, who I've watched many yes. times playing for Celtic. Celtic very tricky customer. He's gonna be a handful for Matty Cash. And also, he's going to be on the opposite field. wing, Paddy. I think, and and I fear that I fear that Dean Smith's going to start Ashton Young at left back, and I am. Ooh, mm. that's a two underpants situation. I think get him running at Ashley Young there because he likes to front up players. He likes to get like he likes to take on the left back, and and he's well, he has. Did pace, I say not yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant I meant Maddie Target. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think Maddie Target will play tomorrow. I think. The psychology of dropping him against his old club would be the final straw for him if he's suffering anyway with confidence. I, I think he'll start Maddie Cash tomorrow. And the final part Maddie of what target. I was going to say Maddie Target, Jesus. <laughs> I hope he starts Maddie. If he doesn't start Maddie Cash, there's your tantrum because then we have a <laughs> even the most ardent yeah, yeah, yeah. smith in. <laughs> and I have the I literally have a t shirt. I can't put my hand in it at the moment. But I have a T-shirt outside there that I've smitten in on the back of it as a prototype. I've said to said to you guys before, um, even the most ardent Smith in fan, if he didn't start mm. Matty Cash tomorrow and dropped him for no reason, would would uh, would have to ask questions in that instance. Yeah. But anyway, I'll finish uh, this point eventually. Do Matty Target? Matty Target, if he starts, has a huge battle on his hands because he's also got to deal with Liveramento, who has been absolutely yeah. phenomenal all season. So and was that his help- to us? Oh, stop. <laughs> so how how we how we combat that threat down that right hand side for them, our left hand side will be the make or break for us. Um the two up front hit and miss, Che Adams uh, Armstrong, you you don't know what you're gonna get. Ward Prowse, we know can can hurt us, especially off the set piece. Redmond or Walcott, whoever it is on the other wing. You don't know what you don't know which you don't know which player's gonna turn up. You know, they're they're hot and cold. Um, they've lost the guy, the centre half. What was his name? Vestergaard, is it? Vestergaard, yeah. Vestergaard, who punished us in the past as well. Um, so well, they still have bed- from corners. Yeah, they still have bed in the rack there. So, um, they will. There will be a threat from set pieces. Um, albeit without Vestergaard, who was probably their biggest threat. Do you know who they also have, Paddy? That you neglect, or maybe you did mention it. I didn't hear you say his name. The man who, whenever he plays against Aston Villa, turns into Claude McAuley uh, every single time. Ariel Romeo never has a bad game against Aston Villa. Mm. He always plays brilliantly. And every time I'm watching it, I'm like, I would love to have a defensive midfielder like Ariel Romeo. And then you watch him play against another team, pick another team, and he's passive. And people go through him. Whatever it is against Villa, he just always absolutely just just plays plays up to it. But uh, positive for tom- for for tomorrow, Paddy. We're on a one match winning streak against against Southampton, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was actually the one time that uh, Romeo <laughs> was destroyed by Ross Barkley last year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so it, it, it'll depend on how he. Works against whoever is going to be sitting in that ten position, whether it be Aaron Ramsey or Jacob Ramsey. 
uh, Kearney, whoever it is, he's going to have uh, a bit of work on his hands. Uh, this is an interesting one against JJ. Yeah? And what, what did you make of Dean Smith saying we've only uh, played bad for 45 minutes against Arsenal? I think I think the, the first 45 minutes against Arsenal, well, I think, and once again, I'm not speaking for him or making excuses for him, but what I picked up from that was that he was watching players play on the field there and they were not implementing the game plan that he went out with and they got completely torn apart. Um, that's that that's that's what I took of it. I could be 100% wrong. Um, but, you know, you name me a manager that comes out after every game and says, I was shit to get the players were shit were a shit club at the moment. Everything is going shit. They, there, there's it's manager speaking off a lot of the time, um, and uh, you know he he, can, he what can he say really really what can he say? Um, he can only be as honest no. as the as you know as um as he can be because at the end of the day you know he he's trying to keep his job. Yeah. You know he's trying to and keep he did his job he, as well. he did change that. I I, I think he he just in fairness to him the week before he did say. The forty-five minutes against Arsenal and the ten minutes against Wolves. Against Wolves, eight minutes against no, Wolves. I in, think he says he, he did neglect well, yeah. to say that at the weekend. I did notice that, yeah. but um, he did say it was sixty-five minutes the week before. But look, maybe they've drawn a line under Wolves at this stage. But like, mm. you've you've got to you've got to cast your mind back. I went to that Spurs game fully expecting us to win the game. You know, that, it, this is a crazy statement to be making after what we've seen for the last four or five weeks. And then I went to the Wolves game, I saw us 2 0 up and saw us absolutely fall apart. And I think that Wolves game could be the sliding doors moment in, in Dean Smith's managerial career if, if all goes wrong tomorrow. And uh, I think it'll be the one that we look back on. It's the same way that everybody's dragging up that Wolves, the Leicester game from uh, six years ago when, when we went down. Yeah. Was it the year we went down the Leicester no. one where we were turning? Yeah, or the year before was it? I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you were about the Leicester game. We lost four 0 then COVID hit. No, we we, we were two 0 up against Leicester, weren't we? And lost three two uh, at at the King Power in January, and we went rapidly downhill after that. I think it was the year we were relegated. That that that's the similarities between the two the two the two yeah. games. Um, but look. It's a it's a huge game. Um, I think a lot will um, a lot will hinge on how he sets out the team. Does he yeah. match them and go four four two? I can't see no, it because it means he's going to have to put either Archer or Keenan Davis in there. I don't know and, whether. And if you and, and and if you, if you think our midfield is passive with with three in there. Watch what it is with only two, and that's where we're struggling at the moment. It's times like these that, and it won't be popular. But it's times like these that you, you know, you know, you kind of go with wide midfielders as opposed to wingers to kind of stabilize things. Like a Connor Howard goes in there and plays on the left, uh, McGinn plays on the right, and you've got Luis and Nakamba in the middle, and you know everything stays compact and you force people over yeah. the wings, but. That's not an option when you go in, you spend 30, 40 million and Bailey 40 million on Buendia and you've got Bertrand Troy there. And that's not something he wants to play. That's not something I'm saying. And I'm not criticizing him for that. That's not something he wants to play anymore. He 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 did play that in the championship and that wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted Pacey Wingers in there and he's got them in there. Couldn't play them, so he went with a 5-2-3. Or sorry, a 3-5-2 to, to get some width in there from his fullbacks. And it had... Mixed results to say to 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 put it mildly, um. So mm. I think I think we go with the four three three again tomorrow. Um. I just like realistically, it's very difficult to implement uh to implement a, a new a new tactic. It's even more difficult to do it in the space of played on Sunday. You've got Monday, recovery Tuesday, Monday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, recovery Monday. We've got Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. He's in a four four two. Um. And, yeah. and, and it's realistically, it's realistically only two days just, training. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think? Like, like I suppose for what? Once again, I'll use English. Um, we've got it. We've got a centre half conundrum, or do we? Really, at the weekend? Um, it, like, <laughs> is it just going to be two and Xavier wings? Does he go with a right and a left foot in there? But you, like we sp we spoke about Mings earlier. Everybody seems to be pointing that Mings been the issue at the weekend. He wasn't. I didn't think he was. Like no. I'm open to suggesting that I'm wrong, but 
I didn't I didn't see any uh, any negativity. I, I well when he came on. Yeah. Pardon? I thought he played well when he came on. Well, he played well when he came on, but I, I didn't think we played particularly badly without him either. So um, it depends whether we obviously that he hasn't made any big issue about it. There's been no big statements about why he, he wasn't picked. I would imagine we're going to see Mings and Two and Zabi at centre half. Um, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. Um, I don't envisage that we're going to go to a three. I think the shit would hit the fan if he went back to a three tomorrow um, against a team like Southampton because I think there's an opportunity there to go and get three points. I just hope that the nerves aren't too bad, that they're not going to just make silly mistakes tomorrow because that, that tends to be the problem when you're in a rut, that you, you get no look like last weekend, getting a fella sent off, um, the ball scraping along the ground and two of them going in from long range. Those things don't happen when you're at when you're at the peak of your performance. So we need to be at the peak of our performance. We need we need to we need encouragement. We need we need players and leaders on the pitch. And yes, I, I would imagine Mings will play with two and Zabi. I don't, for reasons we spoke about in other podcasts, I don't envisage we have two left footed centre halves. But we could. I, I you know, Courtney House does nothing wrong to be to be left out of there either. If I'm picking the team tomorrow, House starts. Yeah, but you know but in your Mings heart that's plays left back. Mings plays left back and we drop target. There you go. There's the hook and tease. <laughs> Everybody thought I was being controversial for the sake of it, but I was, except in a completely different way. And lads, I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea. And it's not punishing Mings or anything. I just don't want to put Courtney House out there. Um, I think for the betterment of the team to stem the bleeding that we don't need, if we have Leon Bailey playing left wing, we don't need width from, if we've been playing in a 4-3-3 um, as, as a left winger, we don't need width from our from our left back. So we put Tyrone Mings in there and he's played left back. He started his career. He only became a centre half when yep. he joined Aston Villa. And I know he'd probably take it as a demotion, but if you're captain and for the betterment of the team, I am terrified of Ashley Young playing left back against uh, against Danielusi. I'm pretty much terrified yeah. of Ashley Young playing left back against anyone in the league at the moment, um, and and that might be unfair. And it's not to say that he's become a bad player overnight. It's just we've got there's no support for him down there from Bailey. So I'm thinking we put out a defender, a proper proper defender, and like if it maybe, maybe he puts maybe maybe you say put House out there and Mings goes in centre half. I just don't think it's the maddest idea. I, I've seen people in, in, in the comments that say, you know, we, we, could put, we could put Bailey up front, we could put Bundia up front and play a 4-4-2. I think that this is no... It's 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 like... And, and you could do that. You absolutely could do that. You could play Bundia in a withdrawn position as as maybe a false nine or whatever you want to call him or um, in the Tati role or whatever, whatever you want to talk about it. But I, I think... I think putting Mings in there could really be a nice band-aid to stem the bleeding and will make us a lot more um a lot more stable as mm-hmm. as a back four. And remember, I actually think Tyrone Mings was one of the people who came out of playing a back three with more credibility from it because I thought he actually did pretty well in a back three. I thought Tunzebi was poor in a back three. I thought Kanza lost his positioning an awful lot in a back three. Mm. I, I don't think it's the most the craziest idea to play no. Tyrone Mings at left back, but whether, whether he'd, just, he'd even turn up the game or not, if that was the case. But I don't know because mm. it could be seen as a demotion. Um, I think it might actually be a masterstroke because he's able to play but a long ball. Just, like, he plays a long ball. Just remember that the, the point I made earlier about Matt Target going back to his old club, he's obviously a guy oh, struggling yeah. with confidence. I really yeah. think if we take him out tomorrow, we lose him until we buy a left back in, in January because it will absolutely kill him. And I think he's a point to prove tomorrow. So I'm absolutely 100% behind playing Matt Target tomorrow. I haven't been over the last few weeks. I just think, going back to your old club, if they drop him tomorrow, that is just going to sap everything out of him. Mm. And that's true as well. But I do agree, that's Sean. Well. I do agree. I do agree that he has been a weak link. I'm not. I'm not dodging this at all. Absolutely, he hasn't been up to the standard that he was last season. So there's something wrong there, and I believe it's confidence. It can only be confidence because we know there's a player in there. Yeah. Um. Interesting one there as well from JJ. And sorry, JJ, you're just making some good points and you're asking some good questions here. Do you think Smith would get another Premier League job when he leaves? I'm going to say no, but 
I think he gets a top end championship job and he bring and he gets a team promoted and gets another three gets gets two or three years in the Premier League to, yeah. to prove himself with that with that team. So um I think that there's actually like like I'm flummoxed as to how Eddie Howe becomes the, the Newcastle manager. Flummoxed. I've no I like it's I re, I thought I think it's one of the most left field signings because like like because why? Like why 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 pick Eddie Howe? You know, um, think... well, is, is it a is it a panic sign and possibly, um, you know, come back, come back to what I read out to you there earlier on, you know, maybe there's a lot of merit in that statement, um, but Eddie Howe is a good manager. Eddie Howe is a good football manager. I I I think uh, I think he could be fairly decent that uh, at Newcastle. Whether he gets them out of that, whether they back him enough in January to get him out of that, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, we get Watford at some point. Yeah, at some point over the next three weeks when they go through another eight managers. Uh, at Sean, if I suppose... kept on with, with coaching badges, I could have been the Watford manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, today we're having. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Every time you go into the podcast, I'm going. To, I'm going to introduce you as future Watford manager Paddy Kelly. Um, <laughs> but no, I suppose when you think about it with Dean Smith, and this is not being derogatory to him because I want him to stay as Aston Villa football ma- club manager. I like him as a manager. I like him as a player, as a as as a mm. person, and that's okay too. It doesn't mean that I don't like people who don't like him. I just want to. I just. I, I just like the cut of his jib. Anyway, um, I think it's kind of like it's like Chris Wilder when Chris Wilder came up with Sheffield United, um. There is a stigma around the older English manager who's trudged through the, the lower leagues. There's probably only one English manager that's there, that's that's out there at the moment that would get another Premier League job, and that's at a push Sean Dyche. But I don't think Sean Dyche is getting anything in the top six. I think he's getting something like like would would, would people here be, be be very happy with getting Sean Dyche if if getting the Watford, he's getting the Watford job, Neil. <laughs> Sean Dyche. <laughs> Probably, yeah. No, but, he, but, but you, he, you, you know what I mean. I, I think, I think yeah. the, I think the, I think you know, English managers are trying to the scrap heap, regardless. Yeah. Steve Bruce is like Steve Bruce is like the cockroach of, of managers in the fact that you just can't, like, he just can't be killed, you know, from a managerial point of view. Uh, Potter, yes, but once again, once again, Miles says Potter. Uh, once again, like, you know, in two years' time, will, will Potter's star still be shining bright? He's shining bright now, absolutely. But will it still be shining mm-hmm. bright in two years' time? You know, and, and that's it. Sometimes, you yeah. know, if you don't capitalize on, on the big move, like and that's this is this is the big thing for, for Potter as, as an individual. If he doesn't get his next move right, he'll go he will, you know, like like the moves moves don't come up every second, every second year for English managers. Uh, there's mm. uh, or for British managers, should I say? And I, th- I think David Moyes is probably, you know, David Moyes, Steve Bruce. I'm trying to think of other guys there. People, people like uh, what you call him, the lad who was manager of uh, Watford uh, when they went down last time. Oh, Big Lester Guy. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Lester. Can't remember his name. Yeah. but there's these guys who keep on getting regurgitated. All right, every single. Nigel Pearson. It doesn't happen to every English manager or British manager, I think mm. so. But um, it, it's really, in- really, really interesting. Um, Jesus Christ for manager. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Why not? Um, but no, that's that. That's that. That's kind of what. What you know. That's yeah. that's kind of where we are. At the moment. But look, I'm I'm hoping um, that this is is going to be a hypothetical question, and you know. As I said, sliding doors moment. We go and win tomorrow. We go and beat Brighton, and all of a sudden things are looking a whole lot rosier. We go back yeah, to that sliding, sliding doors Wolves game. We we hold out on that two 0 win, or even just concede one. We're seventh in the league. Now look at us, and we're 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 panicking. If that's just the way it is, you know, with another three mm-hmm. points on the board, we'd be looking a whole lot rosier, and it wouldn't have been four matches in a row without with with no points. So that's that's the bigger issue. We just need to go and get three points tomorrow. Don't want to see any uh, looking over our shoulder anymore. Just push on, get the results on the board because we have a rough December. Last before we go, lineup predictions and I and make a make a stab at the at the result. Um, Martinez, Cash, Tunzebi, Mings, Target, McGinn, Nakamba. Ramsey, Buendia, Watkins, Bailey. I don't. I. I think. I think it's going yeah. to be the same. 
the same starting think, eleven with the two. I think the only talking, I think the only talking point we're going to have tomorrow for the team sheet tantrum will be will Aaron Ramsey start and will he go with those two partners at centre half? There's nothing else going to change for me. Jacob Ramsey or Aaron Ramsey? If Aaron Ramsey oh, starts, Jesus. that would definitely Jacob Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ten o'clock, Paddy. It's half ten. Too many mats, too many mats, and too many Ramses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's half ten. Jesus, I completely lost track of time. My child will be taken off me, and I won't have even got got past a week with her at this stage for neglect, <laughs> neglecting her for an hour. Where's the father? Oh, he went to do a podcast for an hour. Oh, Jesus, can't be having that. Um, uh, but no, we we are. I, I think Villa are going to get. I think Villa are going to get something out of this. Away game at St. Mary's, long trip. <sighs> it look it's it's a character one. It's gonna be a character one. If they don't mm. get something out of this, well Yeah. You know? Blo- I, I it, if, if, if they don't get something out of this, it's it's a matter of time before it just gets blown up and we we've we've got a uh, we we've we've a new starting point and there's gonna be a lot of players that are gonna be looking around the place going, Where's my international future going here? And uh mm. you know. I think there's a lot that, of players now who need to stand up and be counted at this stage. That's first and foremost for tomorrow. I think whoever the leaders are on that pitch need to be standing in that dressing room after Dean Smith has left and go, get a fucking grip, lads. Let's get out here and get stuck into these. Leave nothing out there on the pitch because this is a cup final tomorrow for me. If they have any respect for the manager, if they have any respect for the club, they go out and get the three points tomorrow. And if they don't get the three points, they leave everything on the pitch trying to get the three points. Yeah. Um, Villa 2, Southampton 1. Neil Dummert's prediction. Yeah. Uh, I go to, I think there'll be goals. Uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Two, one, Aston Villa. Take I just, I just hope the players share our optimism. I think they will. I think they will. Look... There's international like there's international uh, places there for likes of Buendia, not in any Argentinian squad. Uh, you know, Ali Watkins. Ali Watkins dropped from the England squad. Ali Watkins dropped from the England squad. Ming's lucky to be in the in the England squad. You know, there's the people calling for other players than him. Um, you know, can can we share? Uh, can we... Oh, but but the the, we... the big thing here is that. Gareth Southgate is is really annoyed. I was just about lost, to say it. Where you the England lost Matty Cash to Poland, even though Gareth Southgate never picked him for an underage English team that he was uh, that he was manager of. Uh, <laughs> Matty Cash has never played underage for England at any age age group um, that matters for for England. He's twenty four, and that Gareth Southgate had a lot of time looking at him to play at right back last year. But he took eight other right backs, or twelve other right backs, or forty five other right backs to the Euros uh, last year. <laughs> Yet he's now pissed off that they've lost out on Matty Cash to Poland. Yeah. Oh, that was it. I had a good hearty laugh at that when you sent that out to me, Paddy. I had a good laugh at it. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's trying to do the all Irish trick on it and hope that Matty Cash doesn't get a run out in these international games. And maybe he can recall him for the November game <laughs> or the, the March games. Yeah, what a clown. So. What, a, what, a thing, what a thing to say at this stage. It's just yeah. crazy. 24 thing. years of age. Crazy. It's not like he'd been looking at him playing under 21s or yeah. under 20s or 19s, you know, coming up through the system in, 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 in what is it, George's Park or whatever. Uh, he never played for England at any, at any underage level. And he comes to Aston Villa and he had ample opportunity to put him into a squad last year and he didn't. Can I address so, something here? You can address two things, yeah. Because uh, Homeboard Digital has asked me, is is there lighting in, in lightning in Dublin, Paddy? For some reason, it's obviously not clear. You say it often enough. Um, I'm from Dublin. I don't live there. I live in Limerick, so yeah. I've no idea. So I hope no, it's <laughs> for some, your. I get a message once a week about living in Dublin, but I don't actually live there anymore. I, I've been here yeah. for twenty years. That's why I have a little bit of a strange accent. Yeah, sometimes yeah, we get you around. We get you wearing a plastic bag over your face when it is no, uh, like really like a rubber bandit, yeah, like one of the like one of the rubber bandits, yeah, like one of the rubber bandits. Um, right, lads, everybody off to bed. Big game tomorrow. Get your sleep in. Everybody's going to need to be up in arms when the team sheet is announced. 
and everybody's going to need to be full of what do I say? Everybody's going to need to be full of piss and vinegar, um, for this game as well to get us over the line. Uh, we'll we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow with a team sheet tantrum. Um, what time will it be, Paddy? It will be ten to seven. Uh, ten to seven. We will be here with a team sheet tantrum, and uh, we'll yeah, and hopefully we'll be we'll be shouting on Aston Villa to a victory. I do think they can win. For the love of Pomegranate podcast consensus is Aston Villa going to win two one. I think it's going to be a nervy encounter. I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those ones that you know that, that it might be somebody like. Nakamba comes up with a warm burner from the edge of the area after after a ball is headed out from across or from a corner or something like that. I think it might be something like was it uh, Ezri Kanza's goal against Watford, you know, in the season that we just about stayed up. I think we could have a game like that whereby we just get a result somehow. We're not too happy. We, we don't know how we got it. The 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 level of play in the game is isn't great from either team, and we just plug a result out of somewhere. That's what I'm hoping for, and I'm hoping that that type those type of character building results can come from tomorrow. So let's see, let's see. Um, right, lads, uh, back again. Ten to what do we say? Ten to seven tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back with Team Sheet Tantrum once again. Thanks very much, everybody, for joining. You know, we have the chats and we have the crack and we we pop up your comments. I'm I'm actually I genuinely I'm looking at trying to get some sort of system set up whereby we can have a phone in, not a phone in as in you've to actually dial from your phone, but through Discord to run it through the podcast here so we can get people calling get people uh, on so that we can actually debate things in a friendly manner. Because sometimes I feel like when I pop up comments, if I if anyone knows how to do it, please message me and I'd love to I'd love to uh, to know how to do it. Because sometimes when we debate comments um you know it's very one-sided debate i there's the comment can come in with no context and then i go speaking about for 15 minutes and and i'd love to just chat things through and sometimes you can feel like i'm picking on people and i don't like that either because we're all aston villa fans and we all want villa to win at the end of the day regardless of 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 what situation we're in so thanks very much everybody for listening in we'll be back in again tomorrow and all that's left to say is up the villa up the villa Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.